You're listening to Focus on the Bible. Is Mary God's mother? Yes. Is Mary a virgin? No. How's that for controversial statements? Let's talk about this. In 1 Timothy 3.16, Paul says there's not any controversy about the story God has revealed in the Bible. It goes like this. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. When he uses the word godliness in that verse, he means the gospel story. The telling of the whole gospel story is a great mystery revealed in the Bible. Now, the word mystery in that verse does not mean a deep, dark secret. It means something was a deep, dark secret, but now it has been revealed by God. He uses the word great is the mystery, a Greek word megas. We get the word mega from that, something large, loud, bigger than life. And that's the way the revelation of God in this great gospel story is. And Paul says it's without controversy, this story that God revealed in the Bible. These questions about Mary only might be considered controversial because so many people have so many different opinions about Mary. But the Bible's clear on all these things. So on Focus on the Bible today, I want to answer these questions about Mary. Is Mary a virgin? Did Mary do something sinful in her conception? Is Mary God's mother? Does Mary today in heaven receive prayers of people? Here we go. Is Mary a virgin? No, Mary is not a virgin. She used to be. There was a time that she gave birth to a baby boy while being a virgin. But later she had children. Matthew 13 and verse 55, the Bible says it like this. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? So there were four boys later after the birth of Jesus that Mary and Joseph had in their home. They had a conventional marriage. They bore children in the conventional way. So today in heaven, Mary is not a virgin although she was a virgin when she had Jesus. Let's look at that in the Bible. It's in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. The Bible says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So twice in verse 27, the Bible says Mary was a virgin. Now, an objector might say the word virgin can mean just a young unmarried girl. And that is absolutely correct. The word virgin can simply mean a young unmarried girl. But in the case of Mary, it's clear that she was more than that. She was a young unmarried girl who had never known a man intimately. We get that from Luke chapter 1, 
and verse 34. In talking to the angel, Mary never questioned that this couldn't happen. When he told her, you are going to bear a baby, even though you're not married to Joseph, she didn't question that at all. Her question was, well, how could that happen since I've never known a man? Luke 1.34, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So Mary is going to be pregnant because of the Holy Spirit, not because of a man, not Joseph or any other. You see, Gabriel knew this was true. There's no argument when Mary tells him, I haven't known a man. So therefore, how could I have a baby? And the angel takes that as a matter of fact and explains the answer to her question. It's going to be because of the Holy Spirit, not because you've known a man. Some time ago, I got a very hateful email from someone who was casting uh, evil thoughts towards God. And he was telling me that God had done something essentially dirty towards Mary and that our God is a God of shame or something like that. Very hateful email, but it raises a question that we need to have answers for, friend, because people need to know this. Mary had the Holy Spirit come upon her and overshadow her, and it's as simple as that. There's nothing illicit here at all. Let's look at these words. In Luke 1.35, it says the Holy Spirit came upon her. This is a Greek word, epikomai. It means to come upon. It's a very simple word. We do it all the time, don't we? We come upon something or somebody. That word is used 10 times in the Bible. The most familiar use is in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Here we go. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. So the Holy Ghost came upon the disciples and gave them power to witness. Now, no one accuses the Holy Spirit of doing something wrong. There's nothing romantic about this. There's nothing erotic here. He came upon them and they got power. The same thing happened to Mary. The Holy Spirit simply came upon her and she received something from God. The other action of the Holy Spirit is this word overshadowed in Luke 1.35. It's a Greek word, episkiadzo. That's a fun word to say, episkiadzo. It means to cast a shade upon. And that word is used five times in the Bible. One time is in Acts chapter 5 when people were trying to get their sick friends alongside the street where Peter was walking. Their hope was that Peter's shadow would fall upon sick people and they would be healed. The most famous use of the word episkiadzo, though, is probably Luke chapter 9, when Jesus transfigured himself on the mountain with Moses and Elijah. And while Peter and the other disciples were watching that, a cloud overshadowed Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. 
overshadowed. A simple cloud came upon them, and when the cloud was gone, so were the two witnesses, and Jesus remained alone in his glorified state. So the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and overshadowed her. It's nothing that he hadn't done at other times with other people, but there's nothing illicit here at all. Frankly, these are simply the words of someone who hates God and the revelation of Jesus Christ. But we need these answers from the Bible, don't we? Is Mary the mother of God? Well, yes, she is. We get that from Luke 1.43. It's Mary who is actually told this by her cousin Elizabeth in verse 43. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The mother of my Lord. So, yes, you can say that Mary is the mother of the Lord. But we understand that we need to be careful with this, don't we? When we say Mary is the mother of the Lord, we mean this in the sense of family. Mary is the familial mother of Jesus. But we are not saying that Jesus originated with Mary, are we? Mary is a simple girl. She's practically a bystander in the story. Uh, She did not create God in her womb. We already know how Jesus was planted in that womb by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so Mary's not to be exalted. Uh, The Bible's very clear that Mary is blessed among women, but she's not blessed above women. She didn't create Jesus. She's not the maker of God. She's simply the mother of God in a familial sense. And then this question, is Mary a mediator between us and God? Should we pray to Mary? Should we depend on Mary to sort of get a word to God because she holds a a special post in heaven? No, Mary is not a mediator between God and men. The Bible never says she answers prayer. Look, she's not deity. She was highly favored among women. But she doesn't hold a post in heaven as a mediator between us and God. She doesn't answer prayers. She cannot give any favors from God to people. This is all unbiblical. But there is a mediator in heaven. He's Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2 now. Let me read verses 3 through 6. Here we go. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So the good news here is there is a mediator, but it's certainly not Mary. She didn't do anything to solve our sin problem, but Jesus Christ did. And the Bible is very clear that there's only one go-between between us and God, and that one is Jesus Christ, and He is God, and He is our Savior. In verse 4, it says that, Uh, He wants all men to be saved. 
and that's through coming to the knowledge of the truth about Him. And that's why we tell this good gospel story. There's no controversy about it. It's a great revelation from God how Jesus Christ is the centerpiece of the Bible. It's Jesus Christ who went to the cross. It's Jesus who had no sin but became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And Jesus is the one who paid a ransom in verse 6 here, and he paid that ransom for all people. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, friend, he did it to mediate for you. You were in the court of God and guilty. You were declared guilty because of your sin. But Jesus Christ took your sin and mine and paid the death penalty for it one time and for all as the ransom that was paid to God. Jesus Christ then rose from the dead. Jesus Christ has been preached all over the world, and he's been believed on even in the Gentile worlds who have received the promise of that Savior who came from God. Jesus is our mediator. Now, don't you know there's a devil's trick to try and give us the notion that there's some other mediator and to take our eyes off the fact that we need a Savior. We don't need Mary to sit on a post in heaven handling prayers for God. We need a Savior dripping blood, a Savior who went to that cross for us, died for our sins, and rose from the dead. Friend, if you're a skeptic about the virgin birth of Jesus, you need to really move on from that and admit the fact that nothing is impossible with God, and he can have a virgin have a baby as well as he can split the waters of the Red Sea, and he bought your sin at the cross and rose from the dead. The greatest miracle will be when you put your faith in him and God causes you to have everlasting life. Friend, allow Jesus to be your mediator today. This episode is a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddycoyle.org. That's F-R-E- D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E dot org. We hope to see you again for next week's episode of Focus on the Bible.